Hi friends, I'm Tierney. I'm Katie. And I'm Shelby. And we're Dead Dead Drunk. Welcome to another Katie case, everyone. Hi, I'm drinking tequila. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know where to go from this. My palms are sweaty. (laughs) Well, I feel like I feel like I haven't seen either of you in a long time and we need to catch up a little bit first. Yeah. How long has it been? A minute. Seven days? A long minute. (laughs) (laughs) Like a whole week? (laughs) It's like not normal for us, though. No. Um, yeah, so what have you been up to? I'm stressed out, guys. Oh, I'm really stressed. <laughs> like 21 Pilots stressed out, where you make an, an entire album and, like, come up with the song stressed out, or, like, worse? No, like, 14 children stressed out. Oh, my mm. God. Yeah. Birth um, control exists. Your knee be on that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not the problem. <laughs> um, I started teaching again this week, and it's just been... This is the notice to pray for your teacher friends at this time. <laughs> yes, please. School we need started. your prayers. Everyone needs your prayers. Maybe buy them a bottle of wine or liquor. Shelby, what the fuck have you been up to? Oh, Who are literally you? nothing. No, same. <laughs> well, I've gotten further in my book. There's that. What book? I love That's that journey so for you. Yeah, what are you reading? Oh, it's called A Chain Across the Dawn, and it's the second in a science fiction series, which I didn't think I would like, but I super love it. It's this guy who writes... In this really funny style, they curse a lot, and they go on ridiculous adventures, and both protagonists are female. Oh, wow. I love that. That's awesome. Katie, mm-hmm. what about you? Um, Hi, guys. My <laughs> name's Katie. I'm 24, and it's my birth month. Hi, wow. guys. Yeah, that's true. Yay. A Virgo? No, fuck you. I'm a Libra, bitch. No. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'm balanced. That's really intense. <laughs> well, then. Okay. So yeah, I've been doing nothing but researching this case. What a great segue. (laughs) (laughs) Said everyone out there. (laughs) Thanks, you guys. (laughs) So. All right, guys. So today I'm going to tell you how to make the Breeze Knowles for this kind of really fucked up case. What you're going to do, you know, it's a fucked up case and it's a Katie case. So obviously you're going to put in one shot of tequila. Your choice. I pick silver. Um, then you're going to put in one shot of Patron Orange. It's more of a liqueur than anything else, but it's really yummy. Then you're going to put in one ounce or one shot of orange juice and then two ounces of pineapple juice because I fucking love pineapple juice. You're going to mix that shit up, pour it over ice, and bam, you got yourself a Breeze Knowles. Breezy. Yep. Easy, breezy, beautiful. <laughs> yeah, this case is not that. So <laughs> buckle in and get ready for the shit show. Don't sue us, cover girl. Today's Katie case is going to be on the Boogeyman of Westfield, New Jersey. Better known as John Emil or Emil List. Don't know how the fuck it's pronounced, but we're gonna, just going to go with it. He was a family annihilator that seemingly vanished into thin air. Spooky. Very spooky. I can't wait to find out dun, dun, more about dun. it. <laughs> so... He was born in September 17th, 1925. Ooh, September baby, just like me. Fun, just kidding, he sucks. 
He was born in Bay City, Michigan, and he was the only child of very cold, emotionless, religious German-American parents, John Frederick List and Alma Maria Barbara Florence List. Yeah, that's one fucking name. That's one person. So just take that all in because that's a that's a thing. Like his father, John would end up being a very devoted Lutheran man, and him growing up with a father just like that made him crave structure, so it makes sense that he would join the U.S. Army in 1943. He also ended up serving in World War II at the tail end of the war. Neat. We love a veteran. (laughs) Yeah. He was discharged three years later in 1946. And he would then earn a bachelor's degree in business administration and a master's degree in accounting at the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor. Fun, educated man. Go blue. (laughs) So in November 1950, the Korean War got hot again, and List was called back to active military service. He was sent to Fort Eustace. Fort Eustace, is that how you say it? EU? EU. Yeah. Eustace. Fun. (laughs) Where the hell was Eustace? (laughs) It was Fort Eustace in Virginia, where he would meet Helen Morris Taylor, a recent widow of an infantry officer that was killed in action. Rip. Rip. They apparently immediately hit it off and ended up getting hitched in December 1st, 1945 in Baltimore. Go Ravens. Apparently, Helen did the old trapperoni and said, oh, John, I'm pregnant. And that's why they got hitched so soon. She wasn't pregnant. (laughs) Helen revealed that she wasn't actually pregnant the night before they wed. And John was pretty annoyed with it, obviously. He still married her? (laughs) He did. He did. He ended up just being a pushover, which he would be known to be, and just went through with it. Helen was already a mother to a daughter named Brenda, who she had with her first husband. After the wedding, John List decided to move the entire family to Northern California, where he would try to get a job. That didn't last long, as John would move the family again to Detroit, Michigan in 1942. So he got a job in an accounting firm in Detroit, Michigan. And after that, he would be an adult supervisor at a paper company in Kalamazoo. Was it called Dunder Mifflin? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it was in Kalamazoo, because what the fuck is Kalamazoo? You know who's from Kalamazoo, Michigan? Who? Derek Jeter. I fucking hate everything. Really? Yep. Wow. Go Yankees. (laughs) I thought he was from New York. (laughs) No. His dream was always to be Yankee. I read his book. Oh, that's yeah. really cute. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm okay with it. I hate you guys. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Take a shot every time I say a team name. Ooh, <laughs> fun. If you haven't noticed a pattern here, John had a lot of fucking jobs he would go through in a very short amount of time. Yeah, and I feel like he moved around too. He didn't just go from one job to another in the same place. He would pick up his whole family and move them like super far across the country. Oh, yeah. 
This would be because John never thought that his title in the job place. It sounds like Elliot Roger. I hate it. <laughs> Except he got laid. Um, <laughs> wah, wah, wah. But also got Fuck sl- you, Elliot Roger. <laughs> <laughs> you dumb virgin. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So in Kalamazoo, Lest and Helen would grow their family having three more children. Patricia, Don Jr., and Frederick. Unfortunately, Helen got aggressively depressed after each birth and would self-medicate with expensive shopping sprees, alcohol, and tranquilizers, because that sounds like a good night. I was going to say same until you said the (laughs) tranquilizers part. (laughs) Yeah, so Helen kind of sucks. So the oldest daughter, Brenda, she would later say that Helen literally would refuse to change the baby's diapers. She would call John up at work and be like, hey, I'm not changing the baby's diapers. And if he didn't come home and do it, they would not be changed. So Brenda ended up taking the role of the mother. That's child abuse. So Brenda would end up getting married in 1960 and left the house. Woot woot, probably the best thing for her, really. With Brenda gone, List packed up the rest of his family and moved to Rochester, New York. Go Bills. That's near us, guys. But don't stop. I'll count us. it. Close enough, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he took the job at Xerox in Rochester and became the director of accounting services. Fancy name, right? Wrong. That sounds like a pretty good job, though. Yeah, but, you know, it was paying an insane amount of money, but the title just wasn't good enough for him. So, and it wasn't keeping up with his wife's spending spree. List would eventually act up because he never got fired because of his worth ethic it would always be because of his personality just being too off or too pushy or just too uncomfortable so he would get fired and not tell anyone about him getting fired he would just get dressed in his daily outfit of a suit and tie head out at the usual time where he would leave for work then go to the train station stay there for a little bit Take a train to the next town over where he would just straight up sit there for hours and look at jobs or just do whatever. Then go home at the time that he usually did and act like he just had a full day at work. (laughs) (laughs) Because denial. That's like... Isn't that sad? It's fucking weird, bro. It's fucking whack, dude. So... (laughs) Did his family not realize that they don't have any money anymore? Well, the thing was, his job was paying an insane amount of money, so he did kind of have a lot of money, but he did start to go into debt, which he started freaking the fuck out about. Same. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Don't ever look at your total number of debt. (laughs) I got my degree in the mail today, and I'm going to start crying because loans. In 1965, John List would accept a position with the grand title of vice president and comptroller or controller as her mom would say at a bank in jersey city new jersey i said it jersey shitty and i hope no one catches on to that (laughs) list took out a personal loan from his mother with a long ass name and moved her and the rest of the family to a gorgeous 19 room victorian mansion at 43 hillside avenue in westfield better known as Breeze Knoll. This is where the gruesome list family murders would later take place. 
Bojets. John Liss, being a devoted Lutheran, became growingly concerned with his family. Helen was very much addicted to tranquilizers. And do you guys want to know why she was taking tranquilizers? Yeah, are they good? Do they give you an awesome high? Should I try them out? I mean, like, apparently. But she would aggressively take tranquilizers and then aggressively drink alcohol and talk to her husband by talk. I mean, very gently. No, she was screaming at him saying, my first husband was a better lover, even though that her first husband gave her syphilis. Was that supposed to treat her syphilis? Yeah, apparently. So when you don't get syphilis treated what happens is very bad things basically i'm not gonna go into details because i only wrote down like you're just in a lot of pain because that's some shit yeah pretty much yeah so (laughs) when helen would get drunk and i guess tranquilized she would scream at her husband saying things like my first husband was a better lover than you and this would be public too so fucking embarrassing and again, she was not a great mother, so it's not that great, man. Helen Helen was tripping. His daughter, Patricia, had shown interest in becoming an actress and even got a role in a school play. This, according to John List, was a huge sin and a bad sign because actresses are heathens. Like you sluts, being in plays and watching plays... Oh, the day of retribution is upon you both. (laughs) So according to John List, he thought that there was only one thing he could do to protect his family. John would describe asking his family what should be done with their bodies after they died. Casual after dinner conversations. Here's a quote from John List. I remember talking about funerals and cremation and burials. I thought I was being real clever. That's usual. Apparently, he also said, um, this wasn't in the interview I I read about, but apparently it was said that after he asked them all, they were just like, what the fuck, dad? I mean, I guess I'd be buried. And then John went into his office and locked the door. Sick. What do we think he was doing in there? Um, (laughs) (laughs) So this is going to bring us to November 9th, 1971. John Emma List sent his three children off to school. He went out to his car where he got his two handguns, loaded them, and walked into the kitchen where his wife was having coffee. She began to turn around to look at him when he shot her in the jaw. List then immediately went up the stairs to where his mother lived and where she was eating breakfast. He said that he looked at her, kissed her like Judas did in the Bible, sick, and then shot her right above the left eye. List then moved his deceased wife, Helen, into the large ballroom. It was said that his mother was, quote-unquote, too large to move. So he began to clean up the blood so when the kids got home, they wouldn't realize what was happening. After he cleaned up all the blood, and after murdering his wife and his mother... List said he got hungry, so he sat down at the same table where he killed his wife just a few hours earlier and ate a fucking sandwich. He said, I was hungry. That's just the way it was. What kind of sandwich? I was going to ask the same thing. (laughs) I (laughs) I was very curious. He expected the kids to come home one by one 
But we don't know what kind of sandwich it is? No. (laughs) I feel like it's important. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) He expected to kill the kids one by one as they got home from school. But this whole plan changed when the oldest, Patricia, the aspiring actress, called to be picked up from school early because she felt very sick. He went and picked her up, and when Patricia entered the door, Liz shot her in the back of the head. Liz then dragged his daughter into the ballroom and put her in a Boy Scout sleeping bag next to his mother. This is a quote from Liz. I approached all of them from behind, so they wouldn't realize till the last minute what I was going to do to them. The next victim was his 13-year-old son, Frederick List. He shot him in the back of the head, like his sister, as he entered the house. Frederick, like his sister again, was dragged to the ballroom, where he would lay in a Boy Scout sleeping bag. Finally, 15-year-old John Jr. came home from soccer practice. Unlike the others, John Jr. had a little bit of a struggle. He would not actually realize what was happening, but he would have twitch-like movements, and John Liss panicked and fired both handguns into him. He fired 10 shots into his son. He said he didn't know if it was because that was the task that he had to finish and it felt good finishing it, or if it was because he didn't want him to suffer. Liss then dragged John Jr. into the ballroom and laid him just like the others. He covered all of their faces with a cloth and sat down and prayed next to them. So in preparation for all these murders, List wrote a note to the kids' school and said they would be gone for a while because they were going on a family trip to North Carolina. He also closed both his and his mother's bank accounts. He also left a note for the milkman requesting to cease service until further notice. After all of this was done, he cut himself out of every single family photo and then sat down and wrote out a full confession letter to his pastor. His excuses included financial trouble and saving his entire family from sin. He felt that his pastor needed an explanation. No one else, just him. He then turned on every single light and blasted classical religious music throughout the house to throw off suspicion. He grabbed his passport and ID and drove to JFK Airport. So, just days before the massacre, Patricia told her drama teacher she was very afraid of her father. She said, If you hear anything about my family going on vacation, he's going to kill me and my entire family. The night of the murders, the teacher actually drove past the house, but thought all was okay based on all of the lights being on and it looking so lively. So his plan worked. By the time the lights started burning out and the neighbors called the cops, it would be almost a month after the murders. On December 7th, the police went into the house through an open window and was hit with a hard smell of decaying flesh. They found the source in the big elegant ballroom. Police originally assumed it was a murder-suicide until they didn't find John. Instead, they found the confession letter. A manhunt ensued, but they were already a month behind. 
The police found List's car at JFK with a ticket stub dating November 10th, and their trail went completely dead after that. About 10 months after the murders, August 20th, 1972, Breeze Knowles, the very nice mansion, was destroyed by arson. That's still unsolved, which is spooky. I bet it was just somebody that found out what he did and was like, fuck you. Yes. Mm. But. It's like, same. <laughs> in the mansion before it burned down, there was a signed Tiffany original stained glass skylight that was worth about $100,000 at the time. In 2019, that's the equivalent of $60,000. That's a... F- $600,000. I was going to say it went down. <laughs> no. That's an insane skylight. Yeah. No. That would have easily paid off the, all of the financial trouble if he just looked up he would have literally been able to pay off everything how fucking wild how was there nothing else in the mansion either i mean or like the mansion he couldn't sell the mansion and they could have like <laughs> gone into a smaller house his argument in this would be because of his religion being like less on the income side if you know what i mean Basically being poor is a sin, according to him. I don't think that's a Lutheran belief. Nope, that's a his belief, and that's why he, what he was raised on. So he would do anything to try to act like he had money still. Wild. Pretty Literally sure one anything. of Martin Luther's problems with the Roman Catholic Church was their, their money. Yeah, probably. I, I could know. be wrong on that, but I don't know. he had a lot of... He was kind of a cunt. Luther? No. No, fucking John. Oh, yes. We love you, Martin Luther. (laughs) (laughs) So John Emma List would get away with it, but not forever. After driving to JFK, the airport, List took took a train to Michigan and then to Denver, Colorado. Go Rockies. (laughs) where he would go by the name of his former college classmate, Robert Peter Bob Clark. Jesus. Yeah. (laughs) So the new quote-unquote Clark started as a cook in a hotel. What? I'm laughing at how many names he had. I know. He got it from his mother, actually. I got (laughs) it from my mama. Les became the controller at a paper box manufacturer. Was he the controller or the controller? <laughs> I'm no. sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He, he was a controller. <laughs> just outside of Denver from 1979 to 1986. Les joined another Lutheran congregation and even ran a fucking carpool for the members that couldn't get around easy. Oh, good for him. What a sweet gentleman. Guys, he murdered his entire family. Oh, yeah. I mm. forgot. <laughs> <laughs> At one of the Lutheran gatherings, he met Dolores Miller, an army PX clerk, and he immediately showed interest. So much so that in 1985, they would get married. Yay. The couple then moved to Midlothian, Virginia. I don't even know if that's how you say it, but I'm going to stick with that. Go Redskins. (laughs) In February of 1988, where Bob Clark, a.k.a. John List, resumed work as an accountant he also had seemingly absolutely no fucking remorse whatsoever so while john was literally living his best life the fbi and tabloids ran a story every single year in hopes someone with any information would call 
but no new leads would surface. Right. 18 years after the murder, on May 21st, 1989, America's Most Wanted aired an episode on the murders. And this was nationwide, so everyone in the U.S. would see it. The episode featured an aged clay sculpture of John Liss's head. The sculpture was made by forensic artist Frank Bender. Bender predicted List would wear large, thick framed glasses to make him seem like he was way more important than he actually was. He also completely aged John List in the most perfect way. So much so that if you compared, I'll actually post it, guys. If you put John List when he got arrested to the clay model, they would look identical, which is super spook. Frank Bender was absolutely right about this. List would later say that he caught the tail end of the broadcast with his wife, Dolores, who didn't seem to recognize him at all. But someone else did. Wanda Flattery, an old neighbor from Colorado, called immediately after seeing the broadcast. But out of all of the tips that were obviously called after this, this tip clearly stood out to the FBI. They went to the home of quote-unquote Bob and found Dolores, who was completely baffled by the claims, and even told them the address of his work, thinking it would clear his name. Special Agent Kevin August, sick name, approached List at work, and he asked, Are you Mr. Clark? And he said, Yes. Then he asked, Are you John List? And he replied, No, I am Robert P. Clark. And so, yeah, he was fucking denying it, even though, you know, what I find very interesting is, and no matter what article I looked at, Kevin would, sorry, special agent Kevin would always say that he just said, I am Robert P. Clark. Wouldn't you ask who the fuck is John List or like, how, how dare you even claim that I'm this horrible human or even ask about like why they're taking him in? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Wild, son. So... 11 days after the special aired on June 1st, 1989, List was arrested and processed for fingerprints where the FBI found a match. Bob Clark's fingerprints matched John Emil List from a gun permit, from a gun permit application that dated just one month before the massacre. But Dolores, his wife, also very much believed it. And here's a clip of her at, um, what is it called? Where they get up and talk shit. Press conference? At a press conference. I do not believe it. I, I love my husband very deeply. I do not believe this is the same man. Completely denied, even when it was shown to him. After everything, he finally admitted on February 16th, 1990, that you know what? Maybe I am John List. God, I fucking hate him. At trial, List again laid out his bullshit excuses, including losing his job and avoiding humiliation, having to steal from his mother to avoid defaulting on his mortgage that his mother paid for, dealing with his wife's alcoholism, and, you know, tranquilizerism if that's how you say it <laughs> wait so he thought that these excuses would like get yes, them to be absolutely. like oh you know what yep. you were justified oh i'm not done yet 
dealing with his wife's untreated syphilis she contracted from her first husband and attempted to cover it up for many years helen's pressure into marriage after faking a pregnancy which is always healthy and guys i didn't know this until uh the end of the episode which i thought was very interesting helen pressured john list to be married in maryland where it's not necessary to give a blood sample so if they got married anywhere else it would be proven that she wasn't actually pregnant and you know she had fucking syphilis so yeah so she fucking thought about it she really did which is fucked up i'm not saying she deserved it but like they deserved a divorce yeah how come nobody thinks of divorce first um because it was a sin and you know murdering his entire family wasn't because he could ask before there's a lot more sins going on you I can know. just go ahead and get it but divorced. that's what he was trying to avoid but um yeah he would say that it was easier to kill his entire family and then ask for forgiveness he didn't want to kill himself because then he would automatically go to hell a psychiatrist appointed by the court testified that he had obsessive compulsive personality disorder and there were only two options accept welfare and be humiliated or kill his family and send their souls to heaven what the fuck i feel like there are other options yeah (laughs) Yeah, there's always more options on april 12th 1990 list was convicted of five counts of first degree murder when he was sentenced, hearing all of this, he denied direct responsibility for all of his actions. Here's a quote from him. I feel that because of my mental state at the time, I was unaccountable for what happened. I ask all affected by this for their forgiveness and understanding and prayer. The judge was annoyed with this, obviously. He replied, I fucking love this, by the way. I might have to read you this. Or I might actually have Tierney read it. Hold on, guys. <laughs> I love this. <clears throat> my acting. John my, my moment. Oh, I'm excited. <clears throat> Sound mad. John Emma List is without remorse and without honor. After 18 years, five months, and 22 days, it is now time for the voices of Helen, Alma, Patricia, Frederick, and John F. List to rise from the grave. There you go. That was <laughs> dope. That Thank was so dope. Okay, you. what was his sentence? And I'll rise up. Rise from the grave. I'll rise up. I hate you guys. So, because um, at the time of all of this, um, New Jersey did not have the death sentence, they could only be sentenced to a maximum of five lifetimes and that's exactly what this motherfucker got five five life terms of imprisonment honestly i would rather that than the death penalty because now he has to sit for five life terms and like it sucks and i'll tell you why john would later say that he again kind of feels remorse but not really it was all fake to get a whole plea thing he would say you ready for this guys i feel when we get to heaven we won't worry about these earthly things. Who is we? <laughs> because I'm not going to be in heaven with this guy. <laughs> he continued, they'll either have forgiven me or won't realize, you know, what happened. Right? I'm sure that if we recognize each other, that we'll like each other's company just as we did here. 
when times were better what the fuck guys what the this is something that i said he like spit out these words he's for sure not in heaven no he's in motherfucking hell um this fucker this is actually what i wrote in my notes right now this fucker filed an appeal of his convictions and argued that the letter left behind at the scene aka his confession was a confidential communication to his pastor and should be inadmissible in court he also said that his judgment was impaired because he had ptsg from the war i was gonna say that earlier and didn't that he like probably suffers from some kind of ptsd it was never proven no well yeah but i mean i'm not saying that's an excuse but i was like wondering if that was gonna come up yeah but uh both arguments were appealed by federal courts they were just like yo what the fuck so this happened in 1990 right on march 21st 2008 list died of complications from pneumonia at st francis medical center in trenton new jersey while in police custody go jets he was 82 so i supposed to say a different one that time go giants okay can you guys tell me just how many years is 1990 to 2008 18 18 yes the same amount of time that he was on the run well Mm -hmm. not even on the run living his best life he got (laughs) he only served 18 years yes because he died i'm fucking beside myself he said well i guess you know i served my parole before he went to prison fuck you you didn't get parole man you didn't deserve it wait do you guys know who else only served 18 years and then died in new jersey Iceman. Okay, but fuck this guy, too. No, yeah, fuck them both. But <laughs> yes, that's so, super cool, that yeah. coincidence. Cool. But also, it should be noted that talking to your priest is not at all confidential in any way, shape, or form. If you write it out, too, bro. No, um, but even if you go to them and you're like, oh, I murdered my wife, they can go straight to the authorities. There yeah. is no confidentiality there. Don't tell them. Um, <laughs> his body wasn't immediately claimed, but he was buried next to his mother in Frankmouth, Michigan. I can't say it. Yeah, next to his mother that he murdered with a long ass name. Go Wolverines. Yeah. So um I this case is just annoying to me and I hate it. But a lot of you are probably wondering, all three of you are wondering, um, what happened to Brenda, the oldest daughter? Honestly I forgot about Brenda, but I'd love to I hear about too. Brenda. I figure that she died too, to be honest. I wasn't No, she wasn't murdered. Okay. But she did die. In like oh. 1991, I found, which is pretty sad. Mm. I wish that she didn't. I really do. But I couldn't figure out anything. And like a lot of her personal life was obviously quiet because mm. I would want my life to be quiet after that. So, yeah, guys, that's the case. So for our caboose today, I just found out that um, Katie and Shelby have not seen the hit series Who Done It, which is not a hit series because there was one season of it. And it's all available on YouTube, except for episode eight, which it was a good episode, but I think you can find it somewhere else. Whatever. It's fine. I love this show. I've seen it um, a lot. And so it's called Who Done It, And it is basically a murder mystery reality show. Hmm. And they put all these people in a house and there's a butler and he comes and his name is Giles and he talks with a British accent. And Giles says 
because they apparently i mean they definitely did but they apparently like oh we don't know what we're here for we're just in this (laughs) house and giles is like the game is murder (laughs) and they're like well i don't even know if he says it to them but he says it like to the audience right and so they're all hanging out and they're just like chilling and all of a sudden like like they're getting all settled in this like beautiful mansion and all of a sudden this woman dies what the fuck whoa and they're like holy shit and she like falls into a um a fish tank right and then giles is like we have to find out who done it (laughs) and so all the all the contestants they have to split up they have a choice of going to three different places so they can either go to the crime scene the last known whereabouts or the morgue but they can only pick one and they get all the clues from there and so you kind of have to like make alliances with the other people so you all get like you get all the information and then there's a challenge and whoever wins the challenge just one person will get like an extra clue and so then after they have all the information they have to go into this room one by one and state their case of what they think happened and then they're all like sitting at the table after they all do this, like eating dinner or whatever. And they pass out cards like envelopes and one by one, they have to go around and open their envelopes and it either says spared, which means they're safe for the week or scared. And like two or three people get the scared cards and they're like red dripping in blood and they say scared. And if you get a scared card, that means that you might be the next one to die. Oh my gosh. Like they don't actually die, but you know, because it's like a reality show. But then, so then like, during the night like another person will die and the next morning like the next thing starts that's so cool and it's so fun and then at the end because one of them is the murderer and like they're an actor the whole time but nobody knows who it is so at the end like it's the one person left with the murderer and the murderer is like you're the murderer all along and the person's like no are you and the murderer is like yeah like congratulations, <laughs> congratulations you win what the fuck but so there was only one season and I there they were in talks of doing a celebrity version of it, which I think would be amazing. And that then they just hilarious. they never made another well, season. That's like it, that's like a lot. Like imagine doing an, like trying to explain that in a short amount of time for everyone to get and like knowing that you're going to go into like if, if this was on like Pix 11 or like Fox oh, 5. I would just say like it's a murder mystery show and then they figure out a murder mystery. Yeah, the, it was. I don't know. I mean, they did have a season of it. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like yeah. it was on. I yeah. they it just didn't get renewed because I don't think anybody knew about it. But um, so I'm gonna link a petition on our website, <laughs> and if you want to sign the petition to get Who Done It back, um, please sign because it's amazing. Okay, bye, mom. Bye. <laughs> Go Jets. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, go Jets. That's not really what... J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Her first husband gave her stiphilis, and she kept it from John List for years. Wait, stiphilis? Stiphilis. I can't say it. I feel like that should be good that I don't know how to say it. Like syphilis, but you're like constantly have a boner. Syphilis, but you also had a four-hour erection pill with Viagra. Guys, this is a very serious case. Viagra plus syphilis is stiphilis. It's very serious. John List has syphilis. Oh my god. Oh. Holy shit. Don't John- shake tranquilizers. Don't get <laughs> stiffless. Just close
close your eyes when I fucking say syphilis. <laughs> That's not going to help me from laughing if I close my eyes. I'm still hearing you say syphilis. Turn off your mics. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> we'll have some good bloopers this week. 